0: May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. There's something very ordinary about this scene in the Gospels, something which probably could be uh, lived out in many of our own uh, family unit settings It would be easy for me to trivialise this, and clearly it is not an incident to be trivialised. However, I'm about to trivialise it, probably. Was it just a case of Martha was left to do the washing up? Well, remember those days of the uh, dishcloth and the tea towel and the fight to who would wash up? And who would dry? Well, the day dawned in our family when we were given a second-hand dishwasher. We had seen them at a distance. We had heard about their wonders. We never thought it would be our experience. And we were given a dishwasher. So we stacked it up and set it going and for a while stood watching it as though somehow it would entertain us. No, go and sit down and watch the telly. And then the great moment came when the dishwasher had finished its cycle and you dashed to open it, and my heart sank and I realised you have to empty it. Which in my books is on a par with doing the drying up. Back to that later. I love it, by the way, if I get to the dishwasher in the morning. And it's been emptied. Bless the person who does that for me. What is it that dictates the orbit of our life as a Christian? Martha was distracted about many things. You've got to feel sorry for Martha. But I don't think this is a battle between being busy and being lazy. Clearly, Martha is being accused of being too busy to sit at the feet of Jesus, and Martha, it seems to me, is clearly accusing uh, Mary of being lazy, and moreover of Jesus not really caring that she was bearing the responsibility of the domestic duties. But let's realise, it was Martha who was the one who opened her home to Jesus. As it says, a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. It's about the priorities that we set. She invited him in and offered him hospitality. Clearly, she wanted to show her commitment by offering him a welcome and hospitality. She instigated what was to become a very close friendship. Remember, these were the sisters of Lazarus, who Jesus was to raise from the dead. Her welcome and hospitality led to wonderful things. But she, in this Gospel reading, became distracted. She lost the focus of her service. John's Gospel, however, goes on to record that incident of the resurrection of Lazarus. And it's Martha who heard that Jesus was coming, and she met him, while Mary stayed at home. It was Martha who exclaimed, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. It's easy for Christians to become so caught up in doing, so caught up in the busyness of church life, so caught up in the activities of cathedral life, and canons are prone to this most decidedly, that it can distract us away from the gravitational pull of Christ, and we can go spinning out of our true orbit, full of business and activity, and yet missing something. The famous Salvation Army Commissioner, Samuel Logan Brengel, was a young man, a young American, who had a very, very uh, sparkling academic career ahead of him. He became a Christian. And felt the call to the Salvation Army. Even after being offered uh, pastorates to some of the largest churches in America, he felt called to the Salvation Army. He arrived in England and he met the founder, William Booth. But the meeting was far from happy. Because Booth viewed Brengel and his abilities with scepticism. And Brengel writes that he thought him a dangerous man who had been too much of his own boss... And would he be able to adhere to the discipline of the Salvation Army? Well, Brengel was recruited and sent to the Salvation Army training Barracks in London. And to his horror, he realized his first duty was to polish and clean the boots of dozens of his fellow cadets early in the morning before they arose for breakfast. He realized that rather than complain he reminded himself that the Saviour did not consider it beneath himself to wash the disciples' feet. And he decided to begin his ministry by taking on every task from selling the war cry to preach on the streets as though he was doing it for Christ. And we are told that those boots shone as he said, I will clean them as though Christ himself was to wear them. Samuel Logan Brangle went on to become the first American commissioner of the Salvation Army and wrote many books on holiness. But this always drew him back to that moment of realization that servanthood is at the heart of the gospel. Christ is our servant king. The source of his servanthood was his relationship with the Father. Many times he went to a quiet place to pray he realized his orbit and his gravitational pull to the Father. Remember earlier in uh, Luke's Gospel, we read that Jesus sent out the two by two to evangelize and to heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons. And they came back rejoicing because they saw results of their work. But Jesus said to them, Do not rejoice because of this, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. He refocus them on their personal commitment. To be a servant is our calling. A friend of mine years ago uh, sat on a train in a station in Norfolk, saw a, a man with a huge leather suitcase. And on the side of the suitcase it said, The Servants' Quarters. And underneath it said, Buckingham Palace. And he smiled and thought, Here is a servant. But whose servant is he? In the early church, phenomenal growth meant the need for more staff, more activity, more people on the rotor to to serve at tables. And what was the qualification? It wasn't the ability to uh, tie a a pinny round your waist, it wasn't the ability to perhaps uh, serve with three or four plates on your arm. It was to be full of faith and the Holy Spirit. This was the attitude of the early church. To serve in any way, the need was to be full of faith and the Holy Spirit. From preaching the gospel, to celebrating the sacraments, to serving the coffee, needs the anointing of God's Holy Spirit. There is nothing beyond God's grace and anointing. These were people known for their closeness to the Lord. These were the deacons, the servants of the church. It's a simple message of realignment. Jesus said to Martha, Mary is taking the better part, it will not be taken from her. This was important and precious time. And Christ values this for each one of us. Some years ago, a survey was done of people who were coming to the end of their lives and they were asked to talk about anything they wish they had done more or better. And it showed that spending more time with the people they love was high on the agenda. It wasn't more time at work. It wasn't more time in the garden. It wasn't more time doing things. It was more time spending with people. Hebrews chapter 12 says, We are called to run the race with perseverance, to shed everything from us which hinders us. It's a real image of activity. But we must do it whilst we fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Perhaps Martha, yes, full of business and service, had taken her eyes off the goal, which was Jesus. She turned to criticising Mary, turned to feeling that Christ was not caring for her. Too much activity doesn't make a place or take the place of engagement with Christ. When people make contact with us as a Christian community, Do we leave people feeling that we are a place full of busyness? Or do they leave knowing they have encountered Christ? Martha invited Christ into her home, but very quickly, with all her cares and busyness, she missed the opportunity to accept that all-important invitation to focus on him. What takes this centering from you? What snatches it from you? What distracts you? Maybe we are called to be both Martha and Mary, but keeping our focus always on Christ. I think I need, in the morning, to approach the dishwasher with a focused mind. And whether the dishwasher is empty or full, do it as though I'm doing it for him. Amen.